Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening, and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Justice Magic, Binaural Production Engineer, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without any further ado, our guest for today is Dina Ray, and she has a new book out called Peacocks, Pedestals, and Prayers, and she's also an expert on uh, several conspiracy theories, and I'm sure this is going to be an interesting interview. Thank you for coming on, Dina. Thanks for having me. So, before we jump into the book, what conspiracy theories are you familiar with or have a lot of knowledge of? Well, I my uh, peacocks, pedestals, and prayers. My newest mm-hmm. is all about Nephilim, and uh, they're referenced in the Bible. They're uh, referenced in other sacred writings. They're um, thought to return during the end of days. They're a big part of biblical prophecy to some. Uh, I'm also uh, knowledgeable in New World Order, which ha- of course has a tie-in, and I also am knowledgeable about Hitler and his fascination with the occult, uh, aliens with the Nazis, and uh, overall general uh, um, U.S. Nazi collaboration with our current space program. Interesting. With the Nazis and the aliens, um, I've heard two theories. One is the Antarctica-based theory. Yep. And the other one is a Venus theory, where they have gone to Venus. I've um, heard uh, uh, parts of that before. I I heard the lead-up to the Venus. I haven't heard that they made it to Venus, but I I had heard that they had a secret society with uh, girls that they could communicate to Venus. So I, I didn't know that they actually made it there, though. I don't know if they've actually made it either, but it's one of those theories. So tell me a little bit about the Antarctica. Antarctica is fascinating to me because um, me and Jared have considered actually going to Antarctica to try to find this place. You know, I know a lot of this starts with the diary of Admiral Byrd. Um, and also I have one guest who's actually visited the, this site, too. So can you share a little bit with me about that? Uh, absolutely. It, I, I think it all started with, um, I believe it was Norway who went there uh, first in um, the early 1900s before World War II. And they established an area called New Swabia. Well, at that time, there 
must have been a lot of uh, rumors circulating about it because then uh, Germany went. And then, of course, when Hitler rose to power, he, during World War II, 1938, he uh, put a few thousand men on um, a boat, sub, and they went to Antarctica during the middle of a war. So something good must be there or, or why would all these people bother and like you mentioned Ad, admiral bird he went there in 1947 right after the war mm-hmm. uh, again on, on a on a training mission hitler's excuse was he was going there looking for whale fat during a war so something is definitely there uh i know there there have there was a movie and I, I unfortunately never saw the movie but there were somebody made a movie about it where um, there's a hollowed out cave that leads to an underground city mm-hmm. and Antarctica is a portal for kind of like a alien parking garage per se. Um, anyway, there's definitely a lot more to it, but yeah, it is fascinating. Why is everybody mm-hmm. so interested in, um, you know, the, this piece of ice there, uh, there was also the, um, I, I want to say um, it was a map drawn in the 1500s. I can't think of the name right now. The, I, I want to say the Reyes map. That might be wrong. But it was an aerial view of um, Antarctica, and it was not covered with ice. It was seen uh, drawn. What was it called? The Re- the Reyes map? Uh, it may be. I'm terrible with remembering the kind of stuff. Pa- Paris Reyes, something like that. Yeah. It, uh, aerial, no airplanes, no satellites, nothing. And they drew an aerial view of the world, pretty precise, with Antarctica as a Greenland. So, hmm. yeah, a lot, a lot of mystery shrouds that continent, for sure. Interesting. Do you think that the Nazis worked with aliens in... The aliens assisted the Nazis with technology. And um, how about the, and obviously the other not big Nazi alien conspiracy too is the, about the bell. Oh, yeah, Glock de Bell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right on the border of uh, Germany and Poland. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they never, never found that. But uh, there was that reporter, uh, Igor Witowski, I believe, who, who, who found a journal that was all about the dimensions and it was anti-gravity and um, there was no way any um, human being could have thought of all of this. There must have been some kind of intervention with, you know, either an alien or divinity, something. And um, yeah, it supposedly explained anti-gravity rules and how we could travel through time without through portals. Hmm. Another fascination, uh, Germany did have the best weapons on the planet uh, during World War II. And in fact, they should have won. And how do they get all of these great weapons? Well, no one really knows that they claim they're the master race. They're the smartest and they're the best. Uh, However, they're, there was a, 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 a crash in the Black Forest uh, years before World War II. And some believe that aliens landed there and 
decided to take up with the German people. If you if you study Hitler and his whole obsession with Germany and Germans being the master race, you you quickly find out it's it's not because they're the best humans on the planet. According to their theory and and it and history kind of, you know, I, I mean history conspiracy theory, shall I say, not history history but history of conspiracy theory. Um this whole Aryan thing that uh, has connections with Atlanteans. So when Hitler was saying he was the master race, he was basically saying that his race descended from Atlanteans, which are, a, of course, a conspiracy theory. So we don't know for sure if Atlantis ever existed. Plato wrote about it. He, he, um, he wasn't known for writing novels. So I don't know, but that's, that's where Hitler is getting all of this. He was the master race because he was an Aryan and the Aryans are from the Atlantis Mm -hmm. and Atlantis was the most advanced society on the planet then. And if it was still around today, it would be more advanced than we are now of any country today. So that was his line of thinking, his, um, his kernel uh his seed to in his reasoning for enacting just um you know the most evil atrocities the modern world had ever seen have you ever heard about um the theory where um hitler was influenced by what we commonly refer to now as the nordic species of aliens yes yes i definitely i i definitely heard that uh, but when I did my research, that was more of, you know, somebody said that because of the, the blonde hair, the blue eyes, that Nordic look, uh, when you really get into Hitler and his Thule society and, um, all the other, uh, crazies, uh, well, maybe they weren't that crazy. I don't know, but, uh, all of the other evil evil uh, influences that he had, it really has a deep, deep connection with uh, Atlantis and the Atlanteans. There's uh, no doubt about it. So uh, the Nordics were a race of aliens that supposedly people claim looked uh, like Northern Europeans. But when you get down to it, it's uh, Atlantis all the way. So what if Atlanteans and the Nordics are the same thing and they had mastered time travel and traveled forward or backward in time, depending on when Atlantis exists, and influenced him to try to destroy all these other races? That's a, a, a great a great idea. Something was, was definitely driving him to... I mean, creating, um, um, manufacturing plants of murder. I, I, it's, he wanted to rid this world. Uh, he wanted to play God and he, he wanted to rid this world of what he thought was inferior. And, you know, thankfully it didn't work out, but, uh, he definitely saw himself, uh, as, 
a supreme being there. He, I, I don't know what more, uh, if it was just pure madness or if he actually saw something in his life that, that the rest of us have never seen. I'm not sure. Was he wandering in the black forest as a boy? I know he was from Austria, but that's pretty close to Germany. Did he physically see something? Did he actually talk to, to something that gave him these ideas? Uh, otherwise, it's just so crazy to believe that someone could come up with this on their own. Hmm. How about his fascination with the occult? You know, I mean, he was always searching. I mean, part of what the Nazis did were searching for, you know, all these relics of power from our past, things like the Ark of the Covenant, like in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he was doing all kinds of really strange things. Supposedly, they were doing rituals and, and trying to conjure um, different entities and, and harness occult power. Um Like, do you think that also ties into the Atlantean ideas as well? Uh, Absolutely. He, uh, when he wrote, when he came to power, one of the first things he did was he uh, had his goons break into the uh, Austrian Museum and steal the Spear of Destiny. And for for those who don't know what that is, it's supposedly the spear by the guard that poked Jesus while Jesus was on the cross. Which this, all of this, by the way, sort of ties in with my book, The, ba- the Bestseller, which is about aliens and genetics and all the rest of it. Now, think about it. If you poked, poked someone with the spear, you'd have their blood on the tip and supposedly nobody knew about that in uh, 1935 nobody nobody knew about dna supposedly i re- i doubt that because we knew about it in 1950 which means someone knew about it years prior because yeah. th- these kinds of things don't get publicized uh, till many years follow so uh we've got jesus christ and i i mean i Full disclosure, I'm a Christian. We've got Jesus Christ, Son of God's blood, possibly, on a spear. Because why else would he be interested in that? And my content, I mean, I don't go into Jesus's blood in my book by no means, but the whole idea was Hitler knew about DNA. That's why he wanted that spear. And whether you believe or not, um, Jesus is, is considered God. So if you had Jesus's DNA, you ha- would have God's DNA. That That is my theory of why that spear was so important to him. But he did collect art. He did collect ancient relics. That was a fascination to him. For for some reason, he, he wanted his own he wanted the you know the the greatest museum of the world to himself for some unknown reason my theory is he wanted the blood of god he wanted god's dna because he knew that you know eventually he could who knows maybe he wanted to clone it 
maybe he wanted to edit it and inject himself with godlike genes. Who knows? But um, my my uh, argument is that he knew about DNA, and that's why that spear was so important to him. Uh, other leaders have had that spear. Charlemagne had it. Alexander the Great had it. Um, I can't remember. Oh, Napoleon. Napoleon also had it. And they thought that with that spear, that they were undefeatable uh, because God was uh, in, uh, you know, on that, his his blood was on that spear. Uh, did, was Hitler, did he think that way? Maybe. But um, I think at this point in time, he knew the power of DNA. And uh, in my book, The Best Seller, I don't I certainly don't go into the the DNA of uh, Jesus Christ, but I do go into Nazis and DNA, and um, we know that they were brilliant rocket scientists. We we've got that guy Von Braun uh, was part of Operation Paperclip, yes. along with hundreds, if not thousands, of other German scientists who were brilliant. And um, when World War II ended, we didn't. Put them on the stand. We didn't put them in um, put them in any war trials. They weren't at Nuremberg. We kept them uh, for for us. We kept them for the United States. We used their minds to increase our power. And uh, von Braun is probably the most famous. He uh, of of course led NASA and the um, the rocket program. But we didn't just take rocket scientists. We took all kinds of scientists. And and again. My um, my book was was based on scientists who who uh, were brilliant at genetics. We had uh, we knew we all knew about Dr. Mengele. He's famous, famous monster who experimented on twins. And uh, I'm sure there were others that you're they don't just have one in, in Germany. They have teams of, of these kinds of people. So uh, that is where uh, my book began. And. We've got science. Uh, I, I mean, one of my favorite books is Frankenstein. We've got doctors who uh, play God with life. And uh, w now with all these breakthroughs with genetics that you and I know about, let who knows what is possible? You and I know that they can copy a sheep right now. You and I know that they can copy a dog right now. Uh, you can send your dead dog to uh, North Korea or excuse me, South Korea and get it copied. And, and then they'll send you a new puppy that's identical to your dog that passed away. And, and this is just with animals. I, I, I find it hard to believe that someone's not trying this right now if they haven't already with human beings. So genetics, I think are our next, our, our next biggest horror that we're, we're gonna see. I mean, so I'm sure a lot of good is gonna come out of it, but there's gonna be a lot of horrifying things as well. And I think that's what my my point was with the the bestseller and the sequel. This all started with Hitler. This all started with World War II. This all started with his brilliant scientists paving a way for future genetic research with uh, the whole um, the whole uh, the Holy Grail per se of uh, everlasting life and. Uh, you know, the power. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Because I was looking at your books, I saw that you had written a book about GMOs. And one of my, is, I mean, I haven't written anything on this, but one of the theories that I sometimes will propose is the idea of GMH, genetically modified human beings. And that these genetically modified being, human beings are <clears throat> possibly, you know, the cause of some of like these mass shootings. You know, maybe these are not actual human beings, but they've been maybe implanted through in vitro fertilization. Or maybe one of the parents were created through in vitro fertilization. We might be at a point where we don't even know who's human and who is not. I could possibly be a GMH and not even know it. That's an awesome, uh, awesome, awesome idea. It, uh, I, I, probably more of a, a revelation. I, again, uh, back to Hitler. I mean, Hitler was was groundbreaking in all of this. I, I, I mean, I don't want to just, I don't want to act like I admire him. I, I think he's just pure evil. He's possibly uh, Satan, uh, Satan's false prophet, uh, if you will. But he had a, a select group of Nazi soldiers that, uh, no, they weren't, um, they were human beings, of course, but he used crystal meth. He used crystal meth and got them hooked on the crystal meth right away. And now he had an elite group of soldiers with no morals, it, it, no feelings, no need for food, no need for sleep. They're, they want, they'll do whatever you say to get more crystal meth. And that might be the birth of this uh, dehumanizing humans. And now what you're, you're suggesting through science, we're, we're really dehumanizing ourselves. We're, we're doing bad copies of ourselves. Right. You know, I mean, I wonder about myself even. Like, how, how do I really know that I'm even human? I don't. It's kind of spooky. Well, I got, I got, <laughs> I don't know. I hope I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope I am too, but I don't know. You know, I, I wish there was a way to, to find out because I'm 100% sure that they're cloning humans and that these humans have already been out and reproducing probably easily for the last 50 or 60 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if they could, if, if somebody gets the idea or we can clone, I, I mean, it could lead to great things. We can get rid of cancer. We can get rid of uh, MS. We could get rid of. Uh, you know, Lou Gehrig's disease. We could get rid of all kinds of things and have healthier, healthier uh, people on this earth with with better quality of lives. But we could also get rid of morals, and we could also get rid of uh, community ideas, and we could also get get rid of helping each other out. We could, all of the good things we could we could easily get rid of too and we could just kind of become robotic like and serve one master hmm. um so I, I was also going through your web page you know I was looking at some of the nephilim stuff and the more biblical side of things um so you want to give my listeners a little overview of who the nephilim are and why 
the idea of these beings is still relevant? Uh, absolutely. My uh, latest book, it's called Peacocks, Pedestals, and Prayers, is, uh, was kind of a, it, it's a definitely fiction, but it's about vampirism, Nephilim, mind control, uh, uh, biblical prophecy, and um, and it, I kind of include a real religion in there too that I modify for for fictional reasons. It's definitely meant to entertain. It's not. I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head with um, uh, like a, a reading lesson or something like that. But it's definitely entertaining. But a lot of the the things that I'm putting in there have meaning if you have a little bit of background knowledge about Nephilim and fallen angels. It says in uh, Genesis 6 is, is probably where most people will see there's some cryptic passages. Uh, that's of the Noah and the Ark story. There's some real uh, cryptic passages in there before God floods the world. He, uh, and, and by the way, this story just isn't in the Bible. It's also in Indian, uh, Indian sacred texts. It's also in South American texts. It's also in Babylonian texts. There was at one point a world flood. There's uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but I'll go back to the Bible. In Genesis, God picks Noah and says, your family is the most pure. So I'm going to spare you and your wife and your three sons and their wives and everybody else is going to going to die and you need to build an ark. So right there, I'm going to back up. God tells Noah, you're the most pure. Now, you know, if you're sitting in church, you hear that, you immediately just think, oh, well, Noah uh, had was the only one that had pure of heart. He's the only one that's worshiping God. He's the only one doing what he's supposed to be doing per uh, God's will. Maybe. A lot of other people think Noah's the only one that's not infected uh, genetically with these fallen angels. So some people think pure of heart. Yeah, maybe. Other people think genetically pure. He's the only, he is the only one like Adam. He, everybody else is hybrids. So that right there gives you um, a clue. So you go back and Enoch, Enoch, I think is Noah's what? Great, great, great grandfather. Enoch, he's got his own separate book and he is not in the Bible, but he, he is in the Ethiopian Bible, but he's not in the other versions of the Bible because it was decided at the Council of Nicaea that Enoch was too controversial. And when they put the Bible together, they edited his works out. Although people still read it, it's still um, considered sacred text. Enoch is still considered a great man within the Bible, but a regular King James Version Bible 
Nope, you're not going to find it. Only in Ethiopia did they include it. And I'll tell you why. Because Enoch met these angels and they were, they're called the Watchers or the Grigori. And they were sent uh, to watch the earth, supposedly. There a lot of, I, I mean, I could go on all day about this, but we'll just stick with this version right now. So they were, God sent these, these fallen angels. Well, they're not fallen. Well, I guess they're, he sent them down to earth. I'll get into some of the other, um, some of the other versions, but he sent them down to earth on Mount Hermon to watch humankind, make sure they're on the right track. And they fell in love with human women and soon uh, mated and married them. And they had these, these babies called, which are half angel, half human. (laughs) Again, you know, again, I I don't know. I keep, um, I must be obsessed with genetics or something. So they were very different than uh, regular humans. They, um, a lot of uh, people, a lot of women died during childbirth because they were so huge. They're said to be giants. They're said to be eight, nine feet high to 20 feet high, maybe even higher. Some of them have six fingers. Some of them have six toes. They're um, very mighty. They're um, mystical. They have uh, supernatural, uh, supernatural traits that humans don't have. Most the most famous of our Nephilim is Goliath, and I'm sure everybody's heard the story of David and Goliath. Well, that's David fighting a Nephilim, and we all know the story. David took a slingshot and and uh, killed the the Nephilim. But interesting in that story, I know I'm getting off the subject. David picked up five stones to kill that one. And he knew he was going to kill him because God told him he was going to kill him. So he really, you would think he only needed one stone. So many people can only speculate that he picked up the extra stones because there were other Nephilim at this scene, which we're not told about, but I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting off topic here. So, so anyway, these God sends these angels down to Mount Hermon. <coughs> They infect the entire world. We've got all kinds of half-breeds, and then they're mating. So now we've got maybe quarter-breeds and um, eighth-breeds. We've got all, uh, people with all this uh, Nephilim blood. And and this Nephilim blood, blood which is uh, you know, a little interesting tidbit, we are told that um, through Charles Darwin that we all descend from the Reese's monkey right? Which is RH. That's our RH factor. Most people in the world, like 90%, 95% are RH positive. Well, the Nephilim, so the theory goes, have a different kind of blood. So some people think that that's why a lot of people in this world are RH negative. And that, of course, blows the whole Darwin theory out of the water. Because if we're all from the RH, uh, we're all from the Reese's monkey, then everybody on this planet should be RH positive, but we're not. So anyway, that's just another sidebar. So anyway, Enoch talks to these angels 
and they're in trouble. They're in trouble with God for mating with uh, human women. At this point, things weren't as bad as uh, well, until we fi- when we fast forward to Noah, the whole entire world is just about infected ex- with exception of Noah and his family. But when Enoch's talking to these angels, it's just a small problem at this point. So he intercedes for these angels. He is lifted up to heaven and he pleads on their behalf and he, he asks God to give him another chance and he kind of acts like their lawyer per se. And they, God's like, no, they're, they're not even watchers at this point. They're, they're fallen angels and God, uh, pretty much is disowning this group of angels, at least so we're told in one of the versions. And then Enoch famously never dies and he stays in heaven. He, he never dies. He just on one of his trips to heaven stays there. And, and that's that. And uh, a few generations later, we've got Noah who I'm sure has heard all of these stories about his great, grandfather he knows everything that's going on he's well aware of uh humankind being infected so they get on this this ark as as we're said and these nephilim are supposedly wiped out but we know that they return because after the great flood where we get to another part of the bible where we've got, uh, I think it's um, Jake. I think it's Jacob, and he's he's uh, he's spying on uh, some town that he wants to invade, and he he comments and he goes, "Look at all of them. They they make us look like grasshoppers. They're so enormous." So we know that they return. We also know that they return because David fights one of them famously uh, in David and Goliath's story. So. After David, we don't hear anything more about the Nephilim in the Bible. Um, However, if we fast forward to the New Testament, we've got Jesus telling his disciples that the end of times is going to be much like in the days of Noah. Now, what does that mean? Um, Well, obviously, nobody really knows, but... In the days of Noah, there were all kinds of Nephilim running the earth. So is that what Jesus meant? We're really not sure. But anyway, this whole Nephilim blood and and the Nephilim and a lot of people think they are um, the you know Satan, the um, the Antichrist will have uh, Nephilim blood and uh, the Nephilim are, you know, part of the secret societies. They're the ones who are ruling the inner circles and so forth. So that is the connection. And of course, there's much, much more to this story, but that, that is uh, where I'm, I'm getting all of this for my book. And now, the Nephilim also have a lot of vampire characteristics, which is my character in Peacocks. And through my research, I found out a lot about vampires. Everyone seems to accredit 
Bram Stoker with the invention of the, the vampire. Well, Bram didn't make this up in his head. He did a ton of research, a ton of research, and he came up with Dracula, uh, again, based on scripture, based on sacred writings, great, based on um, ancient his, historians, and that's how he came up with Dracula. And um, our first our first vampire legend, so to speak, that we have is of Cain in uh, the, the story Cain and Abel. So anyway, I took all of this and made it into a much lighter, uh, a much more entertaining uh, novel that, you know, includes all of this stuff here or there in drips and drafts. So it's nobody feels like they're reading a history book. Interesting. <clears throat> you know, if the flood was done to purify or rid us of impure beings or hybrids, it brings me back to this idea of Hitler. Hitler was trying to do the same thing. What if we are, again, are hybrids and Hitler was just trying to do God's work. Ooh, wow. And now we're just an evil society of, of hybrid beings that was never meant to exist. And and the, the, the spear, maybe the reason they wanted the spear is so it cannot be cloned. Well, that's definitely an interesting take on everything, Gary, that... <laughs> Uh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time being sympathetic to Hitler. Uh, he didn't seem like he was trying to do the right thing. No, I understand most people would. I do too. But, but you're saying but, but, when you, but, but, but I'm listening to your story and I'm putting all this together in my head. I, I can't. I can't avoid that possibility. Things get very fuzzy when you really dive into the Bible. It, things get very, very complicated, and I found that out through my own research. What what we learn Sunday on ch at church is very different than what is written. I see exactly where you're going with this. It's it's fuzzy. It's not black and white. It's very, very fuzzy and. Uh, we, we're absolutely right. We, um, I'll give you, uh, one of the things that, uh, I, through my research, I, I can't get past, uh, we've got in, uh, Revelation, which, um, by the way, I'm, besides being a author, I'm also an English teacher. So every story, as I'm sure you know, has um, a climax has an, has an arc and then has a, a re resolution. So the Bible starts out with the beginning and it's got this buildup and we've got, you know, then Jesus enters and he's got his ministry and that's kind of like the climax. And then we've got the resolution or the ending in revelation, right? That revelation is supposed to be the end of the story, which hasn't happened yet if you are a Christian and you believe. 
it is supposed to be the future. So there's this one passage that talks about a war in heaven with God and the angels, with Satan being one of the angels. And God casts Satan and a third of his angels out of heaven. Okay. Well, why is that at the end of the story? Did that sounds like that should have been at the beginning of the story, right? Uh, wouldn't that have been when we have the garden of Eden and Satan's the snake and he's, you know, messing with Eve. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have, shouldn't that segment been even before Adam and Eve's story? Mm -hmm. No, it's not. It's at the end. And what makes it even, has it, has it not happened yet? That's uh, because everything in Revelation is about, well, it's about, you know, the, how the, they tried to, tried to start Christian ministries and, and different places and how that was working out. And then it goes into how it will be at the end of days. Why is that story in there? It makes me wonder, did it not happen yet? And when was Satan kicked out? Because in Job, which is New Test or Old Testament, excuse me, that's not that far after the whole Noah thing. Okay, we're talking only a few hundred years after the whole Noah uh, thing. We've got God and Satan making a bet against Job's life. But it wasn't like Satan was in hell and they were uh, opponents with each other. It was written as if they were kind of like, Maybe a boss and his colleague were making a bet, kind of like there's there's God's the high the hierarchy, but Satan's the underling employee, kind of like that's if you if you read it, that's the relationship you're hearing. You're not hearing God and Satan arch enemies with each other. You're hearing a much different tone with all of that. So, and then at the very end of the entire Bible, we've got this passage that God kicks out Satan and a third of the angels. Well, when did he do that? Or has, is he, is Satan still in heaven? Then where's the evil coming from? You see what I'm saying? I've kind of got this, like, I'm fixed, fixated on this timeline thing that uh, I just can't explain. And maybe one of your more scholarly uh, biblical guests can explain it. But I thought I'd, I'd bring it up. It just seems very out of order, very out of order. And um, if that's out of order, what um, what's going on, I guess? Hmm. It's interesting. You know, I've often, too, questioned a story about uh, job or Job, whatever, however you want to pronounce it. Because one of the things that bothers me about that story is what kind of God does that? What kind of God <laughs> is going to make a bet about his own creations that he supposedly loves? Those, and that makes me think that maybe God is actually the devil. Well, I, I, 
And that's being... a strange story. I give you that. It's, it's, and there's that other one where he's got um, Abraham takes his son, Isaac, to, to kill him. Yes. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. That's at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's he th- he's gonna sacrifice his son to God. Right. Can you imagine this kid? He, he's looking at his dad about to kill him, and then God says, "Oh, it's okay. You don't have to sacrifice your son anymore. It's we're good." Another strange story. Uh, again, we've got a lot. Uh, if you really if you really dig into it, um, a lot of odd stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has been going on from the beginning. Even Adam and Eve. Like, why would God? Say, don't eat this apple, knowing that telling them not to eat it is going to make them eat it. Uh, I'm not really sure. I, 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 I like can't, what, what is God doing? Well, who I then uh, on the other side of the coin, if He could figure out how to make the world and all of us and everything, who are we to question? I mean, we, we got to be like amoebas to Him on the other, on the other side of the coin. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. But uh, it's very, very interesting to learn about, and it's interesting to talk about. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always found it interesting. A- another question I always wonder is, what would happen if somebody were to kill God? Would everything cease to exist? I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. Well, if something can be alive, it must be able to be dead. I think I, I, that's one of those mysteries where that's part of faith. I don't think you can kill him. Hmm. He's eternal. Who do you think created God? According to the Bible, the buck stopped there. <laughs> I don't know. So he was just like me, some lonely old dude living by himself and said, Man, I'm gonna need some company, so I'm gonna create a universe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I hope one day I, I know a little bit more. Let's put it that way. I hope one day I, I get to die and and learn a little bit more. Hmm. Put it that way. <laughs> Do you know Gary Wayne? Oh yeah. Uh, well, I don't know him. I, I read his book though. It's 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 brilliant. Uh, the Genesis Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a great writer. Uh, the amount of research that he put in there is, is just uh, very impressed, very impressive writer. Uh, he, of course, writes about the Nephilim extensively, and he does even a, a genealogy of uh, the Nephilim and how they continued. And he goes into Noah's three sons and uh, their impact on everything. Uh, one of those sons... Um, apparently wasn't uh, that good of a son. And we've uh, he theoretically might have taken up with uh, the Nephilim, according to, to Gary, anyway. And uh, that he is a fascinating book. And again, he goes into also how a lot of this is leading up to New World Order, One World Government. And... Uh, led by the Antichrist and the false prophet, and they will, of course, be of Nephilim descent, according to Gary Wayne. Hmm. 
So if there are still Nephilim or people with Nephilim DNA walking around, obviously they belong to certain families. Do you believe that there are certain families with this DNA in their blood? And if you do, who are they? Well, that's a great, great question. Uh, I would definitely uh, say that that families that have been in power for centuries and centuries, uh, like uh, in England, for example, we've got the uh, the monarchy in England. Uh, I would definitely put them high on the list. Uh, look at what's going on now. We've got Andrew, who's got pictures all over the place with him and these uh, teenage girls, and uh, we're, you know that trial's not even televised. That's um, that's power. That's power. We televise all of our trials, but we're not televising this one. Um, we've got, um, I, I think the royal family is definitely a contender. I wonder about this Chinese dictator guy. He's um, a little bit, a little bit too serious. Um, these billionaires, Bill Gates for one, especially. Uh, but again, all, all speculation. Rothschilds. Oh, the banker family. Absolutely. Bilderbergs. Absolutely. Rockefellers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Bush family. Maybe, maybe they're, uh, certainly powerful. Clintons. Who? The Clintons, Bill, Hillary. Oh, the Clintons? You know, he's another one that, again, I don't mean to keep going back to this Ghislaine Maxwell trial, but isn't that interesting that we've got every uh, every trial is televised except for this one. And we've got all these powerful people tied to this woman and her, her, uh, her dead boyfriend uh, who pimped out middle school and high school girls to rich people. It's, it's just all very weird. Elon Musk. Nah, he's, he seems like he's autistic, doesn't he? Do you think he's human? Uh, no, I think he's autistic. Autistic. I don't know. I think uh, he's human. I think he's, but I think he, he might be autistic like Asperger. Well, he's, he's mentioned that on Saturday Night Live that, that he is. Yeah, I think he's just got a disability. Hmm. Uh, who do you think? I think, um, I, I don't think, actually, me personally, I don't necessarily um, go with the whole Nephilim theory. I believe that these some of these richer families and, and people that are in power are actual human beings. And I believe that the rest of us are not. So, so, so I, I don't believe that I am human or you are human because we don't have that power. I think the only the true humans have that power. That's interesting. Because there, there, there's nothing to prove that I'm human. Well, <laughs> that's interesting, Gary. Very interesting. <laughs> Um, we're all just GMHs, you know. It's like like the like the chicken that we eat. They're not really chicken. 
you know. <laughs> but Purdue, but Purdue is the, like the chicken master. He's the real chicken. <laughs> Quite possible. <laughs> or like that that movie, The Butterfly Effect. That you know, none of this is real. This is just we're all a uh, different. What is what's the um. We're all a par- parallel universe, or mm-hmm. however that theory goes. This is all just n- n- none of us. None of this is even real, I guess. So, as a as as a Christian yourself, um, I'll just ask: um, how, do Do you believe that Christianity is the one and only true religion? I do. I do. And it says it says uh, quite a few times in the New Testament, too. So I guess every religion, they think that they're the only religion. They think they're the only ones that are right. Hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, I guess we really don't know. It's a matter of faith. There's no way to prove who's right, because by the time you can possibly prove it, you're dead. But doesn't that justify then purification of getting rid of the other religions like Hitler was doing? Well, I, I'm i also American. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, wh- worship whoever you want. That's freedom of religion. And I hope that we continue with that amendment. That would be a, a sad day for the world, for certainly for our country, if we ever got to that point where you're not allowed to worship as you want. Uh, look at China, uh, China right now. China is killing Muslims and Christians left and right because they don't like them. They, they uh, Christ, religious people question the government. That's because they have something higher in their life. And China is killing them left and right. Mm-hmm. So I don't ever want to see that. Um, I, I mean, I've, I, of course, believe in mine. I think mine is right. But if somebody else wants to you know, worship Jerry Garcia. Well, that's fine with me. Uh, that's your personal preference. That This is America. And we need to really stick up for that amendment because it will be a very sad day when that amendment goes away. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I, don't know. I was just thinking, like, if, if I were to actually find out I was a GMH, not an actual human, you know, whether I would sacrifice myself for the good of humanity. I allow myself to be, well, I execute myself to to, to clear out the gene pool and let the real humans live. Uh, I think I will. Well, if the answer is no, then you're, then you have that, then you're human. You have that will that you want to survive. Hmm. Right? I don't know. Because I really don't know what a real human is. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm gonna back up a little bit. I, I've gone like way out into weird land here. So, <laughs> um, the Antarctica thing. I have a guest who's been there. He's been to the base of Antarctica, and he described it as as three levels. The, the top level um, must have been settled by the Vikings because it was all Viking relics and ships and stuff like that. 
And then there was a level below that which had all the Nazi stuff. So that's sort of was like a Nazi submarine base because that's how you get in there is going under the ice and, and into in with the submarine. And then in there, you said there's a pit which goes down about a hundred miles. It's, it's just straight down into the earth. And uh, the only people that he knows that have been down there are Bird and Edgar Mitchell. And his theory is that there is something down there that is in a state of suspended animation, some kind of living thing. Interesting. I, I, there was, um, as you're talking about that, there was another cave in Afghanistan, actually. I don't know if you probably heard this theory. Back in 2012, they had um, Obama went there. Uh, I think Hollande of France at the time went there. Uh, Angela Merkel, all of them uh, went there. And three U.S. soldiers uh, died uh, um, going into this cave from radiation. Supposedly, there's, um, like you're talking about, there's some kind of something, something definitely animated. Um, they're describing it as a Vamana, that like a, an, an ancient Indian spaceship. Uh, could that be why we're, we keep, I mean, I know we're getting out of Afghanistan. We're pretty much out right now, but could that be why we, we were there And Antarctica? Could what you're talking about be, why um, Norway, Germany, now uh, America, why, why all these countries want to go there? I'm just throwing it out there. There's some, some uh, technological benefits to exploring these places that seem on the surface quite worthless. Hmm. Have you ever seen a UFO? Uh, no, I have not, but I definitely believe that they're out there. Have you? Yeah. What state do you live in? I live in New Jersey, but where I saw the UFO was Alabama. Was it? How close were you to it? Uh, very far away. Uh, I was doing an experiment that one of my other guests suge had suggested. Actually, I'll be talking to him next after you. <laughs> um, and it worked. It's pretty cool. Have you Very ever cool. have you ever seen a ghost? I might have. I definitely I, I um I've definitely feel that I, I I have felt a ghost for sure. And I might have seen one. I'm not totally convinced I was dreaming. But yeah, I definitely hundred percent believe we've got spirits among us and um, I know some people think it's, you know, a haunted house or whatever. I, I have, a, um, well, our house isn't new anymore, but when we first moved in, it was, it was built new and we had a couple of old things put in. Um, we bought some antiques and we mm -hmm. put in uh, my husband's mother's light fixture and, um, our, it was my husband's mother passed, but she, um, had the chandelier that. She, you know, it was like the one extravagant thing that she ever bought for herself. And it was very special to her. So since she's died, we take it with us wherever and we put it up in the dining room usually. And we have um, 
well, he passed too, but at the time we had this German shepherd and he would, uh, one night he woke us all up and he was barking at the chandelier and we're like, what the heck? And it wasn't like he did this every night. And it was uh, on her, my dead mother-in-law's birthday, which was just like, (laughs) and I, I, I do think that that uh, dogs and children especially have, um, they don't have those barriers that adults have where we try to explain everything away. We right away, you know, like, like us, we're right away. We're trying to explain away the Bible. Kids and dogs and animals, they don't have all of this, this need to explain everything. They just, they don't have those barriers and they're more easily uh, chosen as conduits for the spiritual world. Absolutely. Interesting. So you mentioned earlier, too, you're an English teacher, correct? Right. Do you ever find yourself getting in arguments with history teachers that are teaching kids fake history? I mean, well, I'm in, <laughs> uh, well, I'm in Texas. So uh, right now, the whole CRT thing um, isn't. It, it nobody really is doing that. That's not mm. a thing. But the history is still fake. I mean, even teaching fake history now since I was a kid when you were a kid. Well, um, I no, I I, I do um, a lot of with special ed with special uh-huh. education like kids with behavior problems, and we don't really get into historical arguments because, quite frankly, there's no prior knowledge. There's no they don't know anything to get into an argument with, which is, you know, I'm just. I love the argument with the teachers, real. though. <laughs> I don't, because I always find myself in that situation. When I'm talking to, some, to an educator, especially somebody who teaches history, I'm like, how can you teach that garbage? It's not real. I mean, e- even Darwinism isn't necessarily real. You know, there's like all this stuff that you teach in school that, that we know. Is not true because there's too many anomalous parts of it that have not yet been explained, but yet we teach it as truth. Uh, I agree, I, but you would be surprised about you're getting more. You're talking more on a collegiate level because the kind of things that we talk about are more um, social, emotional. Mm-hmm. That has become the theme of the lessons okay so um I, yeah okay maybe history's half-baked maybe english is ha- whatever you don't really you don't know until you're in it that mm-hmm. how messed up these kids are you you don't that's the number one takeaway i'm going to give you an education this is the this is what's going on mom and dad if dad is around and that's a big if right there, mom's overwhelmed. They, there's no, there's no boundaries. These kids are not used to being told. No, they uh, go home and they say, my teacher was a blankety blank blank. And then the parents call in the principal, not why is your, n- none of that. Mm-hmm. It's a very different scenario right now. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, education is, um, more of a psych- psychological group meeting, uh, 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 to be honest with you. It, it's not, um, 
<laughs> and you, you watch the news and, oh, CRT, oh, no. CRT, okay, let, let's get through the class without flipping a desk, okay? You know you know what I mean? So let, let's back up to that. Um, we're in a really sad state right now. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, telling you, you true that mm -hmm. if parents don't want to parent their kid, we're in a... A, a really sad state. And I'm, I'm telling you, you know, as a teacher of many years that we're going to have, you know, uh, education is going to be a, a class thing. Uh, kids with parents who care, kids with parents with money are going to go to private schools and everybody else is going to go to the public school, which is going to be one big group session. And you've got one group that's going to get educated and go places and make all kinds of money. And you're going to have the other group that's messed up. And, you know, they don't, they, that's where we're going right now. And I, I, I say this from the heart, parents, if any parents are listening, do not be your kid's friend till they're out of high school. Please be a parent. Do not be your kid's friend. Do not be the cool parent that has the kegger party. We don't need that. We need somebody to tell their kid to sit down and do their homework. We need somebody to, to take away their kid's phone. My, my God, take away the phone. You're talking about history. Okay, trying to pry that phone out of their hand. You should see the stuff that they watch. They'll watch a cat uh, looking in a mirror on a bathroom vanity for three hours. Uh, this is where we're at right now. It's not funny. It's... Um, very mush brains. You're talking about, you know, non-humans. We are getting to that point. Mush for brains. Sorry. No, no. It, I mean, it, it kind of backs up my whole theory again that, that there's real humans and there's not real humans. <laughs> and the, the non-humans, like me, were just a slave race. And, and they're going to stay just another way of keeping things separate. <laughs> Non-humans go to go to go to public school, get brainwashed into being coming obedient. The other humans go to their private schools and learn how to crack the whip on the non-humans. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It don't makes know. sense, though. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I don't know. I, it's it's getting crazy. It's getting crazier and crazier, though. I'll let me tell you. So, but you know, on that note. Some kids are just, you know, truly wonderful, and, and you know that they're going places, but um, I don't know. I don't know, Gary. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Your kid's failing all his classes. Take away the phone. <laughs> I don't know. Like, when I was in school, I failed terribly. I did miserable in high school and all that, and... I remember like the school psychologist coming to my parents' house and he told, the psychiatrist told my parents, they're like, your kid is screwed. He, he'll be lucky if he ever even gets a job as a garbage man. Take oh, this. And they were like, take, the, take him and just put him on medication and put him in special med. And like the, the, um, the R classes. <laughs> <laughs> And, That's my uh, class. <laughs> and um, sweat hot class, yeah. And, 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 my, and my parent, my mom, kind of, my mom stuck up for me. She was just like, no, no, we're not going to put him on medication. She couldn't do anything about them putting me in the R classes. That's right. Yeah, they put me in there. Anyway, 
I graduate, I, I get through high school, you know, I graduate, I go on a three month binge on Angel Dust. <laughs> After three months on Angel Dust, I go to college and I have a 4.0 grade, grade point average. Well, I, I believe there was a study in the 60s by Timothy Leary, and he would uh, treat uh, uh, people in prison with uh, LSD, and they got out of prison and didn't return because they had some kind of revelation breakthrough that they didn't have to, This they could change. Maybe that's what happened to you. Hmm. Will you ever give any of your students LSD? <laughs> No, I don't really want to go to jail. <laughs> Have you ever done it? But it might help. I... <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever done LSD? Oh, I I used to be a grateful deadhead, uh, to be honest. So I, you know, definitely uh, had my my moments in the sun for sure. But um, yeah. I, once you have the kids and all that, all that stops for me anyway. Mm -hmm. I'll probably be just doing it with my kids, but I don't. <laughs> luckily, I don't have kids because I'm one of those people that realized I'm not fit to be a parent. So, a lot of people aren't. At least you're you're honest about it. But a lot of people are have no business being a parent, and um, you know, they are. Yet they are. Yet they keep producing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm fit to be the bad uncle that's that's what i do that's past, are you, you know? an uncle i'm an uncle yeah and a great uncle i think or grand uncle or some kind of crap like that but you know as soon as, the, so, so, soon as they hit like 17 you know the parents will give me their kid for a couple days and i'll take them out you know take them to a strip club make them a man <laughs> get them with tattoos all that kind of stuff, and I bring them home. <laughs> well, you're the fun uncle. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my role. <laughs> but as a parent, absolutely not. <laughs> I hear you there. At least yeah. you're honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, so before we wrap this up. Where can my listeners find you and find your book? Uh, I'm, books. you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, but Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. You know, we're we're talking about New World Order. Well, uh, Jeff Bezos, um, you know, he's 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 the man. I'm sorry, he he's the man. Amazon.com. Uh, Dina Ray, D-I-N-A-R-A-E. I've got eight books. Uh, my newest, my latest and greatest is Peacocks, Pedestals, and Prayers. Uh, you can. Find me on Facebook, Dina Ray Books. Please give me a, a like or a shout out. Um, I'm on Twitter at Peacock Pedestal. I'm on Pinterest. I'm on Instagram. I'm on. Uh, I have my own. I have two blogs. Um, one's called um, Is it? It's Crackpot. It's CrackpotConspiracy.com or, or is it Conspiracy Crackpot? I always mess that up. It's it's one or the other. Sorry, and uh. I uh, have a, a e paper too, and a, a paper league. Excuse me, uh, Freaky Times. So um, you can. I'm pretty easy to find. There's another Dina Ray out there, 
and she's younger and way better looking than I am. She's a backup singer to Eminem, and uh, that's not me. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, are you dyslexic? Am I dyslexic? No. Huh? Because you reversed your uh, log thing. What do you mean? When, when you, oh, no. the, the, the conspiracy crackpot, crackpot conspiracy. Oh, oh yeah, I. I get. I, I. I should have these. It's conspiracy crackpot. Hmm. No, it's conspiracy. Yeah, it's conspiracy crackpot. I'm bad. I get them. I get it mixed up. Conspiracy crackpot. Because I do like. Um, I love conspiracies. I don't believe in all of them for sure. That's that's for sure. But I find them entertaining. I always find them interesting. And I. People think conspiracy. People are crackpots. I think they're they're high order thinkers. So any conspiracy is welcome. Um, right. Which ones do you believe? I'm going to name a few. And you just say whether you believe it or not, or or consider it. Flat Earth. No. <laughs> um, Area Fifty One. I like that one though. It's in hmm? what one? Area Fifty One. What one? I'm sorry. Area Fifty One. Yes. Absolutely. Um, QAnon. Oh, that uh, that group. Uh, mm -hmm. Some of the stuff they uh, believe in. Some partial. Uh, what else? Nine Eleven. Oh, total inside job. <laughs> yes, that's a total. We don't know. We don't know ten percent of that. That's. JFK. Oh, murdered by the government for sure. What else do I think of? Shape shifting reptilians. Absolutely. That's the sequel. 100%. Is it really? You're convinced about yes. the shape shifting reptilians? Absolutely. Yes. Wow. So you follow, <laughs> do you follow David Icke? I've uh, I've listened to him a, a few times on talk shows. Yes, hmm. he's very he's fascinating. I know the whole royal family are reptilians. <laughs> yeah, he's he's cool. <laughs> he's, he's interesting. <laughs> All right, again, I, I went way off course. I was going to end this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on. Um, I will post the links to your books and to your website and to your blogs and to your Facebook in the notes of this episode so my listeners can find you. And it was a pleasure having you on. I hope you come back again. Thanks for having me, Gary. Thank you. And hang on for one second. I just have to play the outro.
Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only 